0: Hey everybody, this is Gary Sharon from Extreme, and you are checking out the Jeremy White Show.
1: An all new episode of the Jeremy White Show, Tuesday at noon. Available wherever you stream. Catch up on past interviews and episodes on demand now.
0: Subscribe so you don't miss any of it. I know this guy. Oh, there he is. I know this kid.
1: There he is. Look you at doing? you.
0: <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing great. How you doing? Wait, am i late am i late to the no no no
1: i saw you join in early and i was about to let you in and then you you, you bailed on me so oh what like at 11. i don't know it was like let me i don't know it was like 10 minutes ago or something so, oh was here okay. early i was gonna let you in and i was, I was about to click admit you, you, you bailed so i was like all right all right all right screw probably, him it was probably the gatekeeper telling him no you have to be there 11 30. oh yeah no extra time for jeremy he's not special
0: i was <laughs> looking forward to this i was told uh it's jeremy i go i know, I know jeremy i go okay Perfect.
1: See, you yeah. know what? It makes it so much easier when you know the guy. <laughs> it's true. How you doing, man? I'm doing okay. Last time we spoke uh, voice to voice, I was sitting in a pizza shop in New York City with your manager. He, Mitch, and I were having some pizza and you FaceTimed in and uh, you're like, oh, hey, what's up? And you're like, oh, I'll let you guys enjoy your pizza. <laughs> That's right.
0: But when is the last time we saw each other?
1: Last time we saw each other was, uh, that, that must have been M3. M3 in like 2019 before uh, the pandemic and everything kicked off. I think so. Yeah. Was, it was you guys and I think it was Dawkins on the same day or something like that. And uh,
0: oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I've been watching you from afar. You're uh, you're doing well.
1: <laughs> well. I appreciate it. Yeah, we interact on Twitter all the time, so you know this is it's fun to see you know be face to face. Yeah, it's almost like being on a blind date, but not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. So, uh, are, are you doing a are you doing a Nuno?
1: Uh, a- I want to try and get Nuno on. I haven't asked yet. I asked for you specifically because I've you know I wanted to talk to you about this record. Look, listen, I'll be honest with you before we started Nuno's he's stolen the press from, from you. He's stolen the press oh. from everybody. Him and his guitar solo, everybody, everybody in the guitar community is freaking out know, Nuno's solo. Nuno, but nobody's talking about Gary's incredible vocal. So that's, uh, that's what we're gonna mean. talk about.
0: That's all right. Yeah, we can talk about that. But uh no, I think it's awesome. I think he's he's blown away. The whole band's blown away by uh the response to the song. Yeah. You know, it's great. I mean, we're, we're, we're proud of it, but we were like, our expectations have uh, exceeded.
1: Yeah. You know? Well, look, let's get right into this. Their latest record, Six, is coming out on June 9th. You can pre-order it now, wherever you get your music. The latest single, Rise, the music video, already has over a million views on YouTube. It's blowing up around the world, blowing up the rock community. Welcome to the show, the one, uh, the only, the mighty, Gary Sharon from Extreme. Uh Let me go get him. Yeah, is he, is he there? Is he ready? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I hear. Great. First one to the bottom. I just want to start before we talk about this new stuff. So, you got that Alice Cooper artwork in the back of you. Always there. I change
0: records every once in a while, but yeah.
1: So, that's like a that's an ever changing little thing. You, you have one record for a couple of weeks, change it up?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. But that's been there for a little while. Uh, from the inside, one of my favorites. Hey. Big, big Alice fan.
1: The Coop. You can't go wrong, right? Oh. Was, was Alice a big influence on you coming up?
0: He was my, uh, he introduced me to rock and roll. Uh, My first record was uh, uh, Alice Cooper Killers and School's Out. I was 11 years old and I never looked back. I remember being 11 or 12 uh, and the jukebox had 18 on it. I'm 18. And uh, and I'm thinking to myself, wow, what's it going to be like when I'm 18? That's wow. That's so far away. That's six years away. Oh,
1: shit. 18. Are you going to know what you want? (laughs) No, I still don't Right Uh, So look, uh, let's talk about this new music I mean, the new record's coming out It's called Six, you can pre-order it now Uh, Rye's absolutely amazing I mean, everybody's talking about Nuno And his guitar solo and the guitar work But I gotta tell you, Gary I mean, your voice Your era, you've been around I mean, a lot of the guys these days They can't sing anymore Everybody needs the help They need to rely on the tracks And this and that And your voice I mean, you've You've kept it going. I mean, like what, what's the secret there? Because you're sounding just as good as you did on, I mean, late '80s, early '90s, Gary. Oh, oh early early '80s, Gary. Early yeah. '90s. I was gonna say late '80s, early '90s. Well, you know, '70s, Gary. High school, Gary. I I
0: can't refer to myself in the third person.
1: I like I like
0: mid mid to late 2010s, Gary. That hey. was a good. That was a good Gary. It's a good decade. It's a good era. Uh, that was a good. Um, I don't know. We're fortunate, you know. Uh, I, I don't know about other bands, but this band, you know, never got involved, uh, abu- you know, abusing our health, you mm. know, try to keep try to keep in good shape. I've been lucky. Uh, believe it or not, it was um, it was after the Punchline tour in 94, 95, where I had a nodule and um, and I got an operation. And uh, it actually I came back from it with uh, more of a range. So wow. I think, yeah. So that that set me up for Van Halen cuz I had to do the I had to do the Sammy stuff cuz uh um a- after that operation my 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 range grew and then um when we did Sadaj the Rock I mean I've I've recorded with Nuno throughout the years but uh he noticed that my range I said I said it was most likely it was most likely uh uh van I attribute I attribute those years with Van Halen as as um as uh, stretching out my my range because I had to do especially some of that Sammy stuff. It was either sink or swim. And it's funny, before that, I was comfortable in my own range to sing other people's songs. The Dave, the Dave stuff was, I could handle. It was the Sammy stuff that I went, wow, I've never really tried tried singing or going for it like that, so,
1: yeah. you know. And it is a completely different range. I mean, if you're gonna do running with the devil versus, like you have to yeah. get up there, it's it's two totally different singers.
0: Oh yeah, there were a couple a couple nights on that tour. I I would look at uh, I look at Alex because uh, uh, it would be before uh, before dreams, and I go not tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Sharpie on the set list, yeah. no. Yeah, let's okay. I go let's do beautiful girls. Okay, I can do that one.
1: Yeah, there you go. It, it's it's funny you talk about that because it's like as a performer. I mean, at the end of the day your voice is your instrument. And if your instrument isn't tuned properly, if it's not taking care of the way it's supposed to be, it's not going to perform and allow you to use it the way it should be. Right. So, so was that, is that a secret? Like what are some of your vocal secrets? Cause it's, for me as a radio performer, I'll, I'll tell you what, like I've had pretty good range for the last couple of years when I, I had a second bout of COVID last summer and right. it completely ruined my voice. I was seeing like a speech pathologist. I don't have the range. Like my voice will just like start cracking one day. The next day, it's back to normal. I don't drink anymore. Like that's helping it, but it's yeah, it's, you know,
0: it's funny. It's funny you mentioned COVID because I had it twice, uh, uh, maybe um not 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 a year ago, about eight months ago, and I had a lingering thing, and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh shit, man, it was it was bothering my falsetto. I'm like, what's going on here? I'm cracking, and, yeah. I'm, and it, it subsided. But those things are scary. There's always an uncertainty, no matter how you prepare yourself as a singer. Um, every singer knows this. You you step on stage, sometimes it's a crapshoot. You could feel good. Your voice is open, and you're hitting, you know, you're doing you're warming up. You know, I used to be way more disciplined back in the day with all the scales. Now now I'll I'll uh you know, warm up to Zach Brown or you know, or or whatever. Or right. uh, um I'll just check it out. I'll, you know, I'll put a cheap trick song on. Just check where my voice is at. Do nothing crazy before the show. But then when you get on stage, the adrenaline, sometimes you're fatigued, sometimes you're dehydrated and uh it's not there and then you're like, okay. You know. Yeah. So
1: it happens to just make its way back. It's, it's such a weird thing, though. Like you know, for me, I'll be, I'll be doing a commercial and I'll just be cracking, and then like the next day I'll sound great. Well, can I redo? I'm like no, it's already running. Yeah. So I, no, you can't do it.
0: Yeah, not- you can't. You can't. You can't change strings. That's you know? it. That's it. You know- Nuno and Pat, they're changing strings when they break. I'm like, I can't change this.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nuno's like, go out there, do some banter. I got to change my G string. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You just mentioned Cheap Trick. And I remember when we first met, we were talking about your love for Cheap Trick. And I mean, Robin Zander, just one of the most underrated vocalists of all time. I mean, like, talk about Cheap Trick a little bit and your fandom for those guys.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, first, you know, Zander, Zander is God. Talk about a guy who has kept his voice and uh, I've seen him a million times. Uh, you know, he opens up with uh, Can't Stop the Music. Uh, I, have you know, throughout the years got to know the guys. And uh, I would ask him, you know, what do you do to warm up? And and uh, I remember the first time I was in, in I think it was uh, years ago, House of Blues in L.A. And I was hanging, hanging back with those guys. And uh, he's about to go on in 10 minutes. And I'm looking at him. I'm going, aren't you going to warm up? And he he just did a shot, you know, and I'm like, I, I, there's some guys that just have it and his voice to, to the latest records. I'm a big, a big fan of the last couple of records as good as any any Cheap Trick record. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, the, the initial Cheap Trick, uh, I can't pick a favorite. You know, they're, they're awesome in color. The first one, you know, heaven. Um, I love next position, please. Uh, We got to play with them recently. Um, They always ask me to sing. I go, I go, Rick, I go, uh, I go, Rick, I go, every time I'm here, you don't have, I'm a fan. You don't have to ask me to sing. (laughs) I'm happy just to watch you guys. But uh, I jump at the chance to go up with those guys. Um, Rick's funny. Uh, Nuno hurt his hand uh on a soldering iron he was fixing uh he was fixing uh his guitar um see, and this he is why it... you have
1: tech see nuno shouldn't be soldering anything with those hands well he,
0: he actually was with a tech and he <laughs> left he, he left the soldering on a on a on a cat on a cabinet and Nuno oh. leaned back and 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 burnt his like three knuckles. Oh and man. I think it was his left hand and uh he's putting all this you know uh balm on it and uh so uh, it's funny because Rick goes, yeah, I heard uh, I heard Nuno uh, burnt his hand. I go, yeah, yeah, he's he's having trouble. He goes, good, good. He's too good up there. <laughs>
1: yes. That's total Rick Nielsen. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. I remember I, I interviewed Steve Vai and I asked, I was like, Steve, back in the day, you know, David Lee Roth had insurance on uh, what he called Little Elvis. Did you have insurance on your hands? And he was like, I wasn't privy to any of that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love artists that you know wear their 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 influences on their sleeves And i mean and the scene that you came up with there, there must have been pressure to sound like the times and i i feel like extreme stuck to their guns and kept making extreme music i mean like because you're, you're not a hair band you're not a grunge band like you're not metallica but you're not poison but you're not motley Crue, but you're not nirvana like extreme is kind of like in its own little world i find and Was there pressure from, you know, the labels back in the day to maybe sound like the times and...
0: You know, it's funny. It's funny you say that. I appreciate you saying that. Uh, I I always think extreme is that middle child. Uh, You know, we're not the the baby of the family or the first born. We never quite fit. Yes, we came out of the, you know, so-called hair metal. But at at the end of that run, our record came out in 89. It should have came out in 88. uh, Delays, record companies... But it came out in '89, and uh, but and we we were fortunate to have success with porn and Graffiti, But by '92, by with three sides every story, uh, you know the whole industry changed. Here comes Nirvana and Pearl Jam, so the whole you know everyone's looking that way. I didn't think we fit in with any of it. Um, I think we I think we're unique. Uh, uh, the bands we grew up on, they were certainly influenced us. You know we've always said we were the bastard child, bastard children of, of, you know, Van Halen, Aerosmith and Queen. And, uh, so we were, yeah, some, some of our stuff could, could land in that era. We were never, um, you know, we were never pressured because we were, we were, uh, we were pretty strong headed. We just put our head down three sides, every story, you know, we, we had a chance to record, uh, at Abbey Road, we didn't care that, you know, the industry was turning to, you know, grunge. We were like, this is our shot at doing something, doing something epic in our catalog. So, and uh, I think we, you know, it's funny, um, some of the criticisms of of Punchline where, oh, Extreme's trying to do a grunge thing. We, we just wanted to strip it down. Uh, we wanted to make a live Extreme record in the studio. So, Looking back on that record, we may have stripped it down too much. <clears throat> Lack of harmony that people know us for. Right. But, uh, you know, you look at Punchline, you could take any of our songs and if you stripped it down, they would sound like Punchline. They, I think Punchline sounds the closest to what we sound live, mm. you know, adding more harmonies. You know.
1: Well, I got to tell you, I mean, you listen to Three Sides and to me, I think that's one of the greatest sounding records of the 90s like the production, the engineering, the mix, its it sounds so organic and like as if you're in the room with the band. And yeah. I, I put that up there because its you listen to a lot of records these days and they sound dated. And, you know, with the yeah. Canon, I'm, I'm, listen, I'm the biggest Def Leppard fan. And uh, Mutt Lang is like my idol. And the, the Cannonball snare, I'm all yeah. about it. But you put that up against an album like Three Sides and it's like, holy shit, like this is a band firing on all cylinders. And it sounds like the drums are right in front of me. The vocals yeah. are right there
0: all credit to Nuno and Bob St. John. Um, the, that record aged well. Um, I think our first record and some of porno is, uh, dated in a sense of the production of the times, mm-hmm. but, uh, here comes three sides and it was just, um, you know, the purity of the instruments. So, and it was recorded well yeah. and engineered well. And, uh, and, uh, It it aged well. I can still listen to that record. It's tough to listen to the first Extreme record just because of the production. I'm a fan of some of the songs, but... Three well, sides, look, I mean up.
1: everybody's going into the studio and reimagining the old catalog. I mean David Coverdale just did it with the White Snake stuff. They updated it, changed up the drums, remixed it. You know, would you can cons- I mean the band is still fantastic and you're 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 still the band. Like would you consider going in and maybe recutting a couple of those classic songs and, you know, re-releasing oh, them?
0: Recutting them or or remix Please. Oh, oh, what are, are they uh are you saying Coverdale so- re re-recorded those well, songs?
1: They re-recorded bits and pieces. I mean Derek Sharini went in, redid some keyboard parts oh, and Joel Hoaxer redid some guitars and the drum sound almost completely different because they're remixed, but like I'd like to do I'd like to do
0: that to a few records. Yeah. You, you know, uh production wise, I, I would do it to the first extreme record. Um that would be fun, you know, uh clearing up some of those dated uh sounds that we had. Because you, you know, if you strip that, you know, if you strip some of the uh, uh, the verb and, yeah. you know, the, those production tricks back then. The cannonball snare. Yeah. You, you get, you know, with some modern sound that would, that would be great to hear.
1: Yeah. Uh, extremes, latest record six coming out on June 9th. You can pre-order it now, wherever you get your music, the latest single rise. So you can check out the music video. Great stuff on YouTube over a million views already. I mean, were, were you expecting mm. that?
0: No, no, <laughs> you know, we were excited to put it out. Uh, um, we'll have a couple more we'll have a couple more singles out before the record. So, uh, and that's that's coming soon. But we were um, uh, we hemmed in hard on which which was the first song to release. It was between two of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, we decided to go with Rise. And I think we made the right choice, you know,
1: well, look, I mean, Covid hit shut everything down. I mean, there were statements at the time that you know you had new music, but you weren't going to release it unless you could tour. I mean, at, while it was sitting on that hard drive, did you constantly go back and revisit it, or is this the record that's been done for like two years?
0: Yeah, no, we revisited. it. We re, uh, revis, revisited the uh, the sequence. Some of the songs fell by the wayside. Um, it wasn't a battle. It was just time goes on, and you're like, ah, shit. Uh, you know, you 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 would uh you'd pull up a song that was off the record, and you go ah. I'd call up Nuno. I'm like man, maybe this should be on. He's like, oh shit, I haven't heard that in a while. Okay, and then we got to pull something off. We, you know, it's been so long since we put out a record, there's no excuse. We could have put more songs on the record, but I think today's attention span is, you know, I I even think 12 songs is pushing it. I liked, you know, the Foo Fighters, their last record, they put out nine songs. Um, You know, they're more consistent putting out music, but, and hopefully Extreme will be now. Um, um, but yeah, you know we re- revisited songs, but we've been sitting on this for a little while.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, Morgan Wallen just put out his record, and it's like 36 songs. So, who's right. to say what the formula is, right?
0: Yeah, you're right. You're right. And and, and who's to say that you can't release, uh, you know, add add a couple not B sides, but you know, uh, deluxe edition digitally. Yeah. You know, you can do anything. You can put out it. You can put out an EP. Yeah, you know, and could,
1: look, could, at least you guys are making new music and putting new music out and keeping it fresh for the fans. I mean, there's band you could easily go out there and just you know, tour off the catalog, but I think right. as for fans, I mean, it, it keeps me excited about the band that you're you're putting new stuff out as opposed to just relying on the hits. I mean, there's so many bands out there that just don't put out new music, but every year they go out, it's the same set list. Oh yeah,
0: and and we've been and we've been guilty of that. So we've been dying to put some new material, and uh, you know, uh, we're supposedly a heritage act and we play you know these one-off festivals and when you got an hour you can't you know you're almost a, you're almost pressured into doing the music because it's not your audience it's yeah. more of a general audience so you you got to do the decadence dances. well it's like and
1: almost like being on a car lot and you want to try and sell a car right so right why not right. take some of that stuff in there yeah yeah. But it's interesting you said that. I mean, you know, you you do the shows with Joe Perry. I mean, Travis Judah. You've had other different projects and stuff. Like, and you just said, you know, hopefully Extreme will be putting out more music more frequently. Is is it going to be Extreme for you, like, you know, full time going forward, or you still want to do the other projects?
0: Oh no, no, absolutely. I'm excited to do the uh, the Joe Perry run that we're doing in a couple of weeks. Uh, Hurt Smiles. We're sitting on some new music that's going to be coming out soon. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, um, yeah I think. Again, you know, I think of Mike Portnoy with his 17 projects. He keeps on putting out music. Yeah. So there's no rules. And uh, I have some solo material that's more, uh, I wouldn't call it easy listening, but just a little left of center mm-hmm. that doesn't sound like Hurt Smile or, or uh, Extreme. And uh, in about four days, I'm doing um, the Who tribute, my Slip Kid project with uh, Mark, yeah. who was in Hurt Smile. So uh that keeps my chops up doing uh doing the daltry stuff you know hey
1: you got to keep that voice in shape right yeah yeah <laughs> talking and about joe perry i mean you've had the opportunity to work with some of the best guitarists ever i mean you got joe perry you got nuno bankord we got to talk about eddie van halen i mean yeah. as a vocalist that does that push you to be a better singer uh uh just to
0: I, and there's, you know, there's a hidden pressure of playing with these, these icons. I mean, um, uh, you know, they're my heroes. So I try to keep my cool with Joe. I won't let him know it, but you know, when he says, okay, let's do, uh, uh, let's do licking a Promise. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a 14 year old kid going You're like, what? What? you know, that's Joe Perry. I'm, I'm playing. Yeah. 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 Um, I remember funny, we, we were, we were rehearsing, uh, it was maybe 2018. We were in LA. We we're rehearsing, and we're we just he wants to do Pandora's Box, and uh, and uh, so we all we all ran through it, and he forgot the um, he forgot the uh, the studio ending. He and he's like, man, we never did that studio ending. We always did a different live ending. And here's uh, Rob Robert DeLeo. He's playing bass. And he's like, "Oh no, we we got to do the studio ending." So here, we're, so we're playing him Aerosmith. I got it on my iPhone. I'm playing, <laughs> playing him Pandora's Box. He's listening. He goes, "Oh yeah, oh yeah." So we we hashed out the arrangement.
1: That's awesome. You're reteaching him his record.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and we play. And I look at him. I go, Joe. I go watching you do the end of uh, Pandora's Box. You turned into the black and white cover. You know,
1: yes. I get
0: you in. So <laughs> that's uh, awesome. I really- when your question is uh yeah ne- it, it never gets old as far as being uh i just try to i just try to you know you know uh whether it was whether it was van halen you know i was they they made me feel real comfortable you know yeah. I, I was real comfortable and uh eddie you know once you got in that circle and they accepted you you know rehearsals were were just fun yeah you know
1: well, let's, let's talk about your time in Van Halen because I didn't want to make this whole interview about that. I mean, like, you know, we're talking about the sure. record and stuff, but, I mean, there's, there's so much stuff since Eddie's passed and everything, and it's, it's so unfortunate. I mean, you know, the man's just an absolute legend, and the amount of stuff that's come out since, you know, like with the people just begging for interviews and trying to get the scoop and this and that, it's like I, I've, I've just always wanted to talk to you genuinely, like as a fan, you know, about your time working in the band and your friendship with Edward. I mean, working with the man as opposed to all the rumors about the partying and everything that he was going through at the time. I mean, Mm -hmm. it must've been a real school of rock being in the studio with that man every day.
0: Yeah, it was, it it was so funny, um, you know, to summarize, you know, you get, you make me think there's so many stories.
1: Uh, Well, I want them all.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't think we have time. (laughs) I, I will say that when I, and I've said this before, when I, when I joined the band, they did make me feel welcome. Uh, I remember that first day. All I knew, I knew Michael from the past. Mm. So I, I, I would look at him and uh, you know, when we, when, when we went into 5150, it was in the afternoon, you know, you want to sing, I'm like, can I go to the bathroom? You know? uh, uh,
1: You got to hype yourself up in front of that mirror. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And I I, I remember, you know, uh, what do you want to do? I had to learn six songs so I said, let's start with the Dave stuff. It's in the afternoon. My voice, and it was great. And, uh, and then we were they we, excited
1: to play the Dave stuff again?
0: Yeah, I think that I thought. Uh, well, they gave me the songs. I, I forget. Um, obviously, it was Panama. I don't know. Uh,
1: Somebody give me a doctor.
0: No, no, it wasn't uh, that. I pulled all that stuff out during rehearsal. Really?
1: Oh yeah. So yeah. They were ready yeah. to play the hits, and you were like, "No, I, I want to go yeah. deep." Actually,
0: in, in rehearsal, it was Alex who said to me, "What? Well, so what do you want to do?" And I go, "Well, I want to do stuff that you guys haven't haven't done before, because if anything's going to if anything's going to endear me to the Van Halen audience, it would be old, you know, old material. Mm-hmm. Sammy, for years, only did you know three or four of the Dave stuff, and I understand that because they were peers, you know. But me coming in a little younger." Uh, there was that separation, mm-hmm. um, you know. Grow, growing up in the Dave stuff, extreme, doing their thing during the Sammy, Sammy era. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, to me, it was, um, you know, what haven't you done? I knew what Sammy did, and even even a uh, uh, humans being, uh, right? That was something that I suggested, and they were like, "Well, we never did that." So. Uh, I'm the one, all that stuff. And they got a kick out of it. And actually they, like Joe Perry, they had to go back and listen <laughs> to that stuff.
1: So Van Halen so, had to go re buy, relearn Van Halen.
0: Yeah. And now, again, you know, I was a kid in a candy store doing doing that material. Mm-hmm. And um, and then at the end, you know, and then there was, when I left, uh, I was out of touch with him. Always, always remained friends with him. But with Van Halen it's a very tight circle so once i was out we kept in touch for a few years but then lost touch i reached out to him in like 2015 uh just out of the blue mm-hmm. uh in an e- in an email and he he responded right back we immediately uh hooked up next time i was in la and it we we picked up where we left off it was wonderful it, it was it was great because if anything uh you know it it was it it was nice it was nice to know that we picked up where we left he was a he was a brother to me Mm -hmm. you know we were were very close those those years so uh you know not to get into the 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 end but uh -hmm. um
1: that that was sad right very sad well, it's nice to know that you reconnected towards the end and you were able to rekindle that friendship. I mean, at the end of the day, I I think everybody's kind of realizing like, yeah, it's competitive and whatever and everybody kind of has falling outs, but I think it's your bros and you you had a relationship for quite some time and it's like
0: yeah.
1: it's, it's it's nice to reconnect with an ex like 10 years later and say, "Oh, yeah. how you
0: been?" And that's what it was. And and that, that that's what it was. We we talked music and, you know, we brought up some old times. Uh um, what was I going to say? Uh, I
1: forgot. It'll come back to me. Um, but at yeah. the time, I mean, you know, when you were recording Van Halen 3 in that record, I mean, everybody talks about it today. Like, I'm I'm such a fan of that album because it, to me it sounds like Eddie, like, to the core. Like, you know, sure. all those songs and the guitar. Like, everybody talks about it as, like, almost being Ed's solo record in a way. Like, so let me ask you, because I talked to Mikey about this and he sort of told me an answer, but I want to hear your answer. So how yeah. much of that album was actually like all Eddie like Eddie on drums on bass on guitar like how much of the record is Eddie performing
0: Uh, he did a few he did a few drums uh and bass um it was a it was a weird time when I came in there there was there was some dysfunction going going on like Mikey said I, I I think I heard your um your interview with him or I read read some things on on three yeah um you know, when I look back on, I look back on three and I'm like, uh, my first thing is I wish that's one of, that's one of the records that should be remixed mm. because I think it's a harsh record to listen to. I, I look back on it. Um, if, if the sounds were better, um, some of those songs, some of those songs would have been uh, received more, uh, received better. I agree. Um, Because I think there's some great songs on that record. And as far as Eddie, it's not it wasn't a solo record. I think it was he was um, I think our writing partnership. Was different than the other guys, in the sense that I would I would show him a lyric It was the first time he would write to a lyric. He said he never did that. That's something me and Nuno did uh, forever. But that was something new for him which inspired him in different directions. He would sit on a piano. Um, he would just, he had all this material that, yeah, I can only speak for myself, I think with, with uh, you know, the Sammy era, um, not that there was pressure from the record company, I think they did what they did, but they were, they knew who they were. With With me coming into the fold, we were discovering who we were. We were doing, you know, year to the day was something, something, you know, uh, bluesy, not that he didn't do anything bluesy, but I thought that was a little song like Once or From Afar. This shit was like from left field. And, you know, I approached, speaking of Alice Cooper, From Afar, I approached that music. I go, oh, this is, this is something between, this is like, uh, this is thematic. I, I can see Cooper doing something you know uh or even floyd so i think he was free in the sense that uh uh he could try things different with me mm-hmm. and and i wasn't you know here i i'm the new kid i'm the new kid coming in uh i was almost a a new toy for him it's like let me show you this and yeah. i'd be like yeah sure you know who's i to who's i to say you know and I- i'm in the presence of uh, the king here
1: Yeah. And I think for him as well, it was like, you know, a fresh set of ears and like a new sort of person to come in and like like a new lease on life almost in a sense. Like, you know, somebody that could actually, you know, he could explore ideas with that wouldn't necessarily, you know, judge like, oh, that's not commercial sounding enough or this and that. It's like he could just be free to be Ed.
0: Yeah, I think that was the case, not to compare it to fair warning, but I think fair warning in the Dave era was was Eddie taking a little bit more control uh, and trying some different things that record was darker and it was a little more elaborate i think yeah. um, and three sides i think it was a, a new birth for him uh I, you know regardless of how it ended um with the sammy with sammy i think uh um we hit it off we hit it off r- uh right away and i saw he was inspired so he tried some things now in retrospect should have Uh, You know, Mike Post, great guy. Was he the right guy for that band? And if we had like a Fairburn uh, or someone there. Could that record have been kept on the tracks a bit more and not been so eclectic? You know, for me, coming out of Extreme, that was Extreme. Extreme was always that. Uh, So so to do different things, I I was like, yeah, you know, I wasn't going to say no. But in retrospect, you know, maybe uh, maybe if it, there was a different producer, um, it might have been more in that, in that strike zone.
1: Would have been more focused and production-wise, yeah. it just would have been more, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, Ed's not here anymore, unfortunately. And like, you know, Mikey just did an interview recently where he was talking about how a lot of the songs for the follow-up record were really, really good. So mm. now is, is there any truth to this I mean is is there a second Van Halen 3 sitting in the vault somewhere like how much stuff did you guys write and record
0: Now th- now th- that's funny because if if uh it at this point it would never live up to the hype mm. So um
1: but it exists
0: yeah. Oh it exists yeah yeah there's some demo you know there's a lot there's a lot of music uh in in different uh degrees of being finished Sometimes it was just a riff, a drum machine and a, and a rough vocal. Mm-hmm. And then there was, uh, you know, we worked with Patrick Leonard for a couple songs, um, wow, uh, that, that were finished. And then other songs, uh, uh, Alex and Michael, we, w- we would jam we would jam in uh, there's one song it's funny. Uh, I think the working title was Rivers Wide and I think a piece of piece of music didn't make it on a different kind of truth. Mm. There's a couple, there's a couple of, uh, pieces of music on, on the last VH record that were demos that, uh, that I did with, uh, VH at that time. Wow. Um, that, uh, you know, again, there's a part of me would love, love some of that stuff to see the light of day. Uh, just, just to go, uh, just to go. Hey, man, there, there was. Uh... Actually, it was better than the, it was better than the uh, VH3. I think, mm-hmm. I think it was a combination of. You know, V. I've always said, you know, I came into the band and we recorded the record. It would have been great if I came into the band and toured with the band and did, did both catalogs, the Dave and Sammy. And then come back because when after that tour, we were a band, you know, mm. uh, we we sang we sang the the VH three songs better, so when we were go- we were doing those demos, uh, you know, I think it was more focused, and, and and maybe maybe subliminally it was because of the reception of the record, and we we wanted to make something a little bit more down the strike zone, right? You know?
1: So how many songs do you think are sitting around like that you completed? Oh, I can't give you that information.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I'll i tell you this. Um, well, look, I
1: mean, at the end of the day, they're probably never going to come out. Maybe they will, you know, 10 years from now when they finally remaster everything and it's some bonus tracks. But it's like, I, and I hate them and like fans that, like, you know, they're going to hear this. They're going to feel like, oh, we got to get those songs. Or, But it's like,
0: well, that's why I don't, that's why I don't like to talk much about it because yeah. I, I never want to exploit that. No, uh, that's that story's been out. There's material. Um, uh, y- you know, again, I, again, I, I hold that period of time with reverence. Yeah. And, you know, Eddie's past. Um, I, I'm reluctant to speak about it because it's it's a headline. That's if it. I do if I do a if I do an interview about, uh, you know, extreme or whether it was hurt, smile. And they asked me one question about Van Halen. That's that. That's the subject.
1: Yeah, and know? then blabbermouth goes and spins the headline, and then everybody looks yeah. terrible.
0: <laughs> right. You know. But uh, who knows? Who knows? Um, maybe maybe someday.
1: Did you ever take any of those ideas you had with Van Halen and turn them into extreme songs over the years?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Actually, a lot of a, a lot of the lyrics, a lot of the rough demos. I think I did a Tribe of Judah record uh, in 2002 or something. Um, took some of those lyrics and, uh, um, y- yeah, but there's, you know, some of that, some of that stuff is, have, uh, has been sitting in, sitting on my computer right here. Right. I'll play you one right now. Let's no.
1: hear it. Going off here We'll be right back. Everybody <laughs> with my mouth on the floor. <laughs> I got a
0: few on my phone. Next time I see
1: you, I'll play you something. Perfect. Love right. it, love it. When, when's the, Here's like an out-of-field question. I mean, when was the last time you recorded a vocal for Eddie Van Halen? Like once you reconnected back in 2015 or whatever it was. Oh, uh, you you're, you're, you're smart. Did you guys ever, you know, get together in the studio and cut some stuff, write together?
0: Well, where, where's this question come from? Just
1: I'm just curious because, you know, two musicians that used to work together get together and for a hang. Something's going to come out of it. That's just the artist in you
0: yeah uh well um it was uh it was one of the times i was i was up there and i uh i um i i had a i i don't know i was cleaning out my uh cleaning out my closet and i had a bunch there's a bunch of cds and i found a, i completely forgot about it it was a it was a demo at, at that time and it actually it was one of the, f- maybe not the first thing he showed me, but we were, you know, we were at three or four songs into it. Um, he played me this thing that that was a working title called Four on the Floor. It was a driving kind of ZZ Top classic, almost, uh, you know, got a, had a little Panama in it, right? I was right?
1: going to say it's got like a, maybe like a 1984 era yeah.
0: kind of vibe. Yeah, I don't know. when. He, I think he wrote it in the Sammy era, but um, it was sitting there and I'm looking at what the what the hell is this? And I pulled the CD out and I played it. And this is um, I, I saw um, I saw him uh, maybe a few months before. I don't know when I wrote it. Actually, I wrote it later. Um, but I pulled it out and um, there was actually two songs. And uh, I just wrote to them. And and when I when I reconnected with them. I played him one of them and, uh, and he dug it. And, uh, I said, there's, here's another one. It was the four on the floor. When I go, I'm, I think I want to write to this. And he goes, Oh, send me that. I'm playing this song to me. He had no recollection of it.
1: Wow. He, no he didn't remember writing it.
0: No, no. And, uh, so, uh, um, yeah, I mean, I didn't either. Uh, I didn't even, I, I don't even remember, you know, th- that's how, that's how much material he had and uh that we you know we shelved it I think we shelved it because he came up with something else and we were hot on that mm. and I had a lyric for it and we wrote that and we never got back to it so here's what 25 25 years later yeah oh well, well it was about
1: maybe 20 at the one. time
0: yeah yeah uh so uh that was so there's um so when you, your question, did we write anything indirectly? Indirectly, yeah, I wrote to something recently. It was just for, it was just for fun. Yeah. Um, but I did play it for him, and uh, he liked it. So that's all that matters to me.
1: Listen, on the next extreme record, you got to get Nuno to do his best Eddie impression. And just try and you know, use that riff, use that song. That's
0: funny. Credit Ed, We're done. <laughs> to, to me, all to me, all that stuff is sacred ground. You know?
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. You know, so, uh, again, who knows? Who knows? Right? I, I have to talk to Alex. He's the boss.
1: Yeah. Have you spoken to Alex at all lately or? No,
0: no, no. I haven't. One of the guys I, I see, Michael, I, I keep in touch with Mike. Mm-hmm. Um, no. And that's for no other reason. You know, he's he's Mr. Aloof.
1: Yeah. You know,
0: and he, hey. I, how about, you know, he's one of those guys, uh, you know, rare interviews. Rarely you see him. And, uh, yeah, he keeps, he,
1: he, uh, he, he keeps that. The distance. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, and he's I, earned I, it. I mean, at the end of the day, he doesn't yeah. need to do interviews. He doesn't do, he's worked his, he did his time. He's, he's good.
0: All he has to say is, all he has to do is play the music. That's, that's, that's him speaking. Yeah. You know,
1: and you know what, yeah. that's, that's a good way to look at it. Play the music, let the music do the talking.
0: Yeah. And at the end of the day, all these interviews, even the, the stuff we're doing, the only thing that's going to last, I remember, uh, you know, when I, 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 a big Stones fan and all the, yeah, you know, or the, or a Who fan, you hear all the, all the stories, all the backstage stories, the hotel stories, you know, or, or whatever, you know, pissing on airplanes and, yeah. and all that stuff. 20 all that sh-
1: orgies doing blow off yeah. asses. And, you know.
0: All that shit goes by the wayside. All you have is, all you have is a record records all you have is the music that's that's the legacy and, the, and the, at the end of the day that's with extreme too um it's the music you know these the, all this stuff is going to be forgotten yeah. you know
1: well look um we went way over the time we were supposed to uh this yeah. this has been awesome uh extremes latest record six coming out on june 9th you could pre-order it now wherever you get your music are you doing the vinyls the cds the yeah, whole yeah, thing Yeah,
0: doing the vinyls uh, it's coming out what June uh, June 9th. Or June, June 9th, yeah. Okay. And uh we'll have a couple more videos out, singles out before that. Uh at least at least three, maybe four. Um, we're excited. I think the record will not disappoint. Of course, it took us 15 years. We wanted to break the uh Chinese democracy. Uh <laughs> wanted
1: to break so, the record
0: with your record. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we broke that record, but uh um I think we're I think we're gonna please the extreme fans and actually make some new fans. It's it's funny. I'm seeing all the reaction videos mm-hmm. and there's a lot of younger fans that they're like, Extreme has a new single out, rise. Um I never heard of this band.
1: Yeah, you know, yeah.
0: It's, uh, it's
1: amazing how this day and age, like social media, it'll just put you in front of a whole new audience, you know. Yeah,
0: which is great. Which is great, man. Jeremy, it's good. Uh I'm a fan of you. You're you're a great musician in your own right and uh thank you yeah absolutely i i watch you from afar
1: well i appreciate that and uh you know i love connecting with you on socials you're one of my favorite singers of all time i'm a fan as you can tell thank you and uh the the love and respect is mutual so there you go gary you've said it all you've
0: said it all i appreciate it man we'll talk again uh and uh yeah keep up the good work brother and i'll see you on the road
1: an all-new episode of the jeremy white show Tuesday at noon. Available wherever you stream. Catch up on past interviews and episodes on demand now. Subscribe so you don't miss any of it.